another episode of The Adrian Ross Show. I, of course, am your host, Adrian Ross, and I'm very glad that you have joined me for this particular episode. And I know you saw the title and you're like, lazy eye, really? And lessons from a lazy eye? What in the world? <laughs> but you hang with me and, and you'll get you'll get to getting what we're talking about. Now, most of my life, I said I had a lazy eye because that's what I was told. I have a lazy eye, not chronic, not always recognized. It uh, comes and goes sort of, especially if I'm, if I'm tired or sleepy, but I was always told I have a lazy eye. Well, several years ago now, went to the eye doctor and I was told, you don't have a lazy eye. You have something called strabismus. And they're two totally different eye conditions. Though again, people tend to use the terms interchangeably. And so I put that in the title because I figured you would be able to identify with that more than if I threw in strabismus, right? So I'm the kind of person, I can learn something from almost anything. I can get a lesson from almost anything. And I was thinking on this lazy eye slash strabismus issue and I had some lessons that jumped out at me. And I want to share them with you today. And again, look, I've said this in every episode that I've done so far. And that is, I cannot be put in a box. We go from A to Z on the Adrian Ross show. I mean, I've talked about race. I've talked about the coronavirus. I've talked about why I'm still single at 50 years old. And now I'm about to talk about my quote unquote lazy eye. So let's see what kind of lessons that I get. Let me tell you the deal. Again, most of my life, I was told I have a lazy eye. Several years ago, I go to the eye doctor. And, you know, the eye doctor has you looking through that scope, that contraption. You put your chin on the thing and you press your head, forehead against the thing and you're looking through. And so the eye doctor says, okay, Adrian, are both charts the same? And I said... There's only one chart. And he says, there's only one chart. It's like there's, there's two charts. I need you to compare the two charts. Are they the same? And I said, there's only one chart. I said, are you telling me there are two charts I'm supposed to be seeing? Yeah, there, there are two charts, Adrian. So then I sort of, you know, flick my eyes and I adjust my, my sight and I kind of tilt my head. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my goodness, I see two charts. And then the light bulb went off for the doctor. He says, you've got a condition called strabismus. And let's, let me test this out and make sure. So he put, you know, put something over one eye, put something over the other eye. And as it turns out, absolutely what happened is that when, when one eye was covered, I was able to see where the other eye was focused and the other eye was covered, I was able to see where the other eye was focused. And so what, what we were seeing was that, look, one eye, is be, one eye that's dominant is doing its job, it's being dominant, and then the other one goes to rest and then vice versa. And it depends on which eye I'm looking at because the strabismus is in both eyes for me. So one of them may go down and over. One of them may go up and, you know, whatever. But again, it's not chronic. You know, for some people, I guess it's, it's a chronic 
chronic thing. So because one eye had gone to rest when I was using the dominant eye, I wasn't able to see the second chart because that eye was looking somewhere else. I never knew that. And I was fascinated, to be honest with you, okay? And, you know, obviously when I adjusted some things, I was able to see, see both charts. So I asked the eye doctor, well, my goodness, can, can this be surgically fixed? You know, can, or, or even, you know, even when I thought I had a lazy eye, you would hear things about wearing a patch on one eye uh, so that... Um, so that the other eye gets strengthened and all. So I asked him about the patch and he said, you know, that often works in children. You're, you're, that's not going to work for you now. You're, you're too old. This is way past that. That's not going to happen. Okay. Well, what about surgery surgery? And he said, well, you can do surgery. It's, it's invasive and it won't change anything in terms of your sight. It will only change things aesthetically. So do you really want to go through that? For aesthetics only when your eyesight won't be changed and it's probably going to mess you up a little bit because you've learned to live with it. And if you start messing with it, you're probably going to find yourself with double vision. So because yours isn't chronic, it's not like it's always like that. It doesn't look bad and it's not all the time. Why bother with something that's not going to improve your vision and may mess with you? Why, why, why? And it's so, you know, because it's so, and it's so invasive. Why? So I said, okay, went on about my business, but I was intrigued, right? So I did some research about this strabismus thing. And one of the things that I learned is that when you're looking out of the dominant eye and the other eye goes to rest, that other eye is actually looking at something, which you would think would mess you up because one eye is looking at one thing and the other eye is looking at the place that you're trying to go. You would think you were so messed up. But what happens, this is how I think God is so amazing. What happens is that your brain learns to disregard whatever the eye is looking at that is not the dominant eye. So the eye that goes to rest, though it's focused on something, your brain doesn't pick it up. Your brain only picks up the dominant eye and what the dominant eye is seeing, which enables you obviously to function because otherwise you're, you're totally messed up looking at two different things in two different directions, right? So fascinating. So very, very fascinating, right? So this is what I decided. I said, you know, I want to test this thing out. I got, I got to test this out. I'm just learning this. Let me, let me test this out. So, you know, I had put the patch on for a little bit and I was like, oh, I'll get rid of that. Let, let's just test this out. So I'm lying on the couch and I'm watching television. And so I made a decision. I said, you know what? I'm going to sneak up on my, on my eye. I'm going to sneak up on that eye and see what that eye is looking at. What exactly is that eye looking at? So I'm lying on the couch. Television is in front of me. I'm watching television and I decide that I'm going to cover up my right eye. So I sneak up on that right eye, pull that hand out, and I put it over the right eye. And when I did, I realized that that left eye, show sure enough, that left eye was not looking at that television. That left eye was looking at the left wall. 
And I was like, oh my goodness, that eye is, you talk about, <laughs> you talk about just chilling. That eye was chilling, looking over at the left. I had to sneak up on it to figure that out. But I realized that it was true. Only one eye was looking at the television. The other eye was looking at the wall. And I was like, wow, this is an, excuse the pun, this is an eye opener for me. So I say all that to say, to say what? Man, I'm saying that I get some lessons out of that story. That basic story that I just shared with you about this quote, lazy eye or really strabismus, I get some lessons. And I'm going to share these lessons with you because I think that my lazy eye not only speaks to me, but my lazy eye can speak to you too. So here's, here's, here are three lessons that I have. Okay. Lesson number one comes from the part where all this time I thought I had a lazy eye and then I come to find out that's not it at all. And although people use them interchangeably, they're not the same. They are, they have different characteristics. They have different effects. And as far as the future is concerned with some concerns that people have about the future, those are varied as well. But I never knew that. Why? Because I had self-diagnosed and other people who didn't know what they were talking about had diagnosed me as having a lazy eye. Again, Different ramifications from a lazy eye and strabismus, though they're used interchangeably by some who don't know any better. And that's my point. It took somebody who knew something I didn't know to be able to open my eyes to what the real deal was. And how many times is it that we have self-diagnosed or we have allowed other people to speak into our situation and they have no idea what they're talking about. Sometimes you've got to tap in to people who know a little bit more than you, which means you have to acknowledge that somebody sees something that you don't see. Someone knows something that you don't know, and you've got to hear from them so that they can speak into the situation that you're in with the truth and not just the way you've seen things all your life and totally wrong. And that's the deal. We don't like to have people in our lives who look us in the eye and say, you're wrong. This is the deal. But we need those people in our lives to do that. We've got to trust that somebody knows what we don't know. That is lesson number one. Whether it's your business, whether it is in, in your politics, Whatever it's in, is there somebody maybe who knows something you don't know? And you can drop your self-diagnosis and hear what's true. That's lesson one. Lesson number two comes from the part of the story where the eye doctor said, <laughs> are both charts the same? And I said, I don't see two charts. I only see one. Here's the deal. How many times in our lives do we just see one perspective? It's just my one chart. But when the doctor insisted that there were two charts, and again, knowing that this is someone who knows more than I do, I had to 
adjust my vision. I had to adjust even my head. I had to, I had to even blink a little bit, make an adjustment. And when I did, I was then able to see that there were two charts. But until I was willing to make the adjustment, until I was willing first to consider what he said, and then make an adjustment, tilt my head, even, even open up my mind enough. I wouldn't have been able to see two charts until I was willing to do that. In life, it's not just your perspective. We must at least consider that there's another way of looking at things. That there's another, quote, chart. How in the world can we compare two things if we are not willing to see two things. We do that in, in our political mindset so often. Just one way, it's just my way. Now, mind you, there are absolutes in life. God is an absolute. His word is an absolute. Absolutely absolute, okay? Yay and amen. But there are many things that we should at least adjust our gaze Tilt our head, meaning open our minds enough to at least consider. And once I can then look and say, wow, there are two charts. There are two mindsets. There are two perspectives or more. At that point, I can then look at the two and say, oh, are both?" he asked, are both charts the same? And I can say, well, you know what? We actually do have, we actually do see some lines here that are the same. We, we actually do see some, some shapes that are the same, some letters that are the same. No, yeah, that doesn't mean necessarily that we're going to see everything the same. But my goodness, is there something that we have in common? Is there some commonality that could work to unite rather than simply di divide us? Because you know what? There's only my chart. There's one. No. Adjust your gaze. Maybe there are two. And maybe there's some commonalities in the two. Are both charts the same? I can answer that question when I can see that there's more than one perspective. Lessons from my lazy eye, y'all. It's deep. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching. <laughs> Third lesson. Third lesson from my lazy eye comes from the part of the story where I did my research and I learned that the eye that went to rest doesn't totally mess me up as I make my way forward or as I look forward because my brain has learned to disregard that image. And if the brain had not learned to disregard that image, I would be all messed up because I'd be seeing over here and I'd be seeing where I'm trying to go. But instead, my brain disregards the one where I'm not trying to go and not trying to look at so that I can focus and so that I don't have that that double vision that would be dangerous. If I'm driving and I got one eye looking over to the left and the other eye trying to look where I'm going, that's dangerous. Strabismus. Okay. How does that apply to life? How, what, what kind of lesson is that? Look, there's some things that you do have to disregard. 
your brain, your heart, your emotions have to learn to disregard. There's some words that people have spoken over you. And if you're focused on those, instead of the dominant, the dominant, where you're headed, where you're trying to go, where your journey is taking you, where you, where you feel called to go, but you get sidetracked by what's on that left side. If you don't learn to disregard some of that, you'll never make it safely to where you're trying to go. There are things that people speak into our lives And we've got to receive them. I just talked about that in lesson two. But there's some things that have been spoken in our lives that we cannot fixate on. That that negative word, that doubt about you, that fear that people are trying to speak into your life, that, oh, you'll never be successful. Oh, who are you to think that? Oh, you know. You're, you're always wrong. Oh, you're not good enough. Those voices, those images. You've got to disregard those images that seek to pull you away from your purpose. So that you can move forward. It astounds me. I don't make a conscious decision with my eye, with strabismus, to disregard that image of the weaker eye, whichever eye is, is functioning as the weaker eye. I don't, I don't know that I make a, I don't make a conscious decision to disregard it. It's just how the brain has learned to work, right? It might not be quite so simple in our daily lives. We may have to make that conscious decision. I'm going to look full speed ahead and I'm going to go forward Not over to the left, not over to the right. And I'm not going to allow what you say about me, what you feel about my journey to dictate those images, those mindsets, those all those things that influence and impact. So what is it that you need to disregard in your own life? So that you can go forward, so that you're not, you don't have double vision, so that you're not divided. You know, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We can't afford to be unstable. We've got to get safely to the destination. Double vision will hinder you from getting there, getting there safely or getting there at all. So can you identify any of those things in your life that are, that are keeping your focus jacked up? Can you just food for thought, something as simple as strabismus, also known by some or also called by some as a lazy eye. Can you get lessons from a lazy eye? Of course you can. I just gave you three. I just gave you three. Number one, again, the self-diagnosis doesn't always work. Get somebody who knows what they're talking about. Be willing to listen. Number two. There's not just one chart. There's not just one perspective. Sometimes you got to adjust your gaze, tilt your head, meaning open your mind. And then you can compare the two. But first, you got to see the two. And number three, disregard the negativity so that you can go forward as you're fixed, as your eyes and your heart are fixed on where you know you're supposed to be going. 
And there you have it. Three lessons from my lazy eye or my strabismus. <laughs> and it was, again, I, it, I was well into my adult life before I recognized that I, I didn't, I, that I had this condition and how, what it all entailed. And I'm going to carry these lessons with me. And I hope you carry them with you too. Simple, kind of comical, but really powerful. And I leave you with that. Thank you so much again for joining me for this episode of the Adrian Ross show. Please take a moment to go to one of the, uh, the podcast platforms that allows you to leave a rating and a review. Please do that for me. Would you do that for me? Leave a rating or review. Also, please join me on any number of my, my websites. I have adrianrosscom.com, adrianrosscom.com. I also have a, a, an online school called ARC Academy. You can see that at adrianrossacademy.com. And also, I have an online column with subscribers. You can go there at adrianrosscolumn.com. And you can also send me an email at adrianrosscolumn at gmail.com. As you can see, I have a lot going on. And that's why these episodes, can't put them in a box, can't put me in a box. It's A to Z. We're going to talk about so many things. And I hope you are a huge part of this journey. Thank you again for joining me. God bless you abundantly. The Adrian Ross Show was produced and edited in the BMG studio. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more episodes of The Adrian Ross Show at thebmgnetwork.com and major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in regularly. You don't want to miss even one episode.